Quick sidebar, how are you on time? I know we've gone over. I'm good. Sure you're I'm good. good. Everybody else is good. We're good. Good. At I, some point, I'll I, just tell you, lunch might come through my door. Well, that's nice. But, wow. What yeah. are we having? Yep. Uh, I think today is the Taco Bell $5 box and talking about Woo-hoo! being healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so... Here's right. a side story to that. Here, this we, might be this might be the pre-interview uh, intro right here. This is so, <laughs> so great. Welcome back to the Ministry Without Hating It podcast, a ministry of Odyssey Haven coaching and counseling dedicated to the pursuit of answering the question, is it possible to do ministry without hating it? We have a theory that just might be. I'm here. I'm Chad. Brenton is literally mimicking me as I do this because he's heard me say this about 100 times at this point, um, even though this is like, what, episode 25 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, so we just, yeah. I just multiplied it. That's that's pastor math for you. Mm-hmm. Can we start out with a ministry joke right off the front? <laughs> Just yeah. did. Yeah, we can. What's up? Dude, season three. Happy three. How did this happen? It's birthday. Are we going to get a cake? Um, I'll send it to you. Deal. Uh, I will. Um, I'm not going to say who because they're not sponsoring, so never mind. I was yep. going to say. I will food service delivery that to you. Yeah. Um, no. Season <laughs> three. We are so excited to be here, um, blessed. In fact, I, and I don't I don't say that like hashtag blessed. Like I actually mean it. Like um, I was just thinking, uh, I've been trying to do this thing, Brenton, where I just step back each morning during just a time of prayer or whatever, and just actually thank the Lord for even if there's they seem like random things, and one of them was the fact that we get to do this. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, this has been enriching for us personally. I know you've said that as well as we get yeah. to hear from all these different leaders. Um, but it's also been great as we hear how it's a f- really helping and encouraging those that are listening. And so mm-hmm. um, until God says otherwise, we're going to keep going. So we're excited for that. So, yeah. I've yeah. loved all the feedback that we get just yeah. out in the wild. Out in the wild. Yep. Ministry without hating it, out in the wild. Super yep. fun. So, hey, maybe we should get shirts made. Out in the wild. Oh, oh wow. Out in the wild. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Well, as we kick off season three, episode one, um, one of one of my favorite people, leaders um, on earth, and just uh, spoken many times into my life um, and has maybe even in some ways uh, just mentored me, maybe without even recognizing he's doing so, just by the way he lives and how he's done ministry. And that is Pastor Gary Donahue. Um, Brenton, I know you got to meet him, right? Today um, was today, the first time. Yep. Today. What did you think of this interview? Uh, I will definitely be going back for more information and yeah. transformation. That's good. <laughs> That's <laughs> what they, there, there you go. Now you've learned the art of the tease. I'm so, I'm so there proud of is. you. That's so good. That's so good. Um, well, yeah, so we are, we are very excited for you all to hear this, uh, especially as we kick off. This is a great way to kick off this new season. And really even new season of, of life and in, in this year. Uh, we're so excited for that. And so, hey, what do you say we get to the interview? Let's do it. So without further ado, we hope you enjoy our conversation with Pastor Gary Donahue.
Gary, welcome. <laughs> I'm laughing because we just had to we just had to re-record this. Welcome to the Ministry Without Hating It podcast, helping us kick off our third season. And what a what an amazing way to do it. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you here. Thank you. Great to be here. Love it. Wonderful. Love, love what you're doing. We'll we'll see if that changes by the time <laughs> this is over. So well, we like to start off with questions that have nothing to do with ministry, but need to be asked anyways. And so the first question we've got for you, it was, what was your least favorite food as a child? And do you still hate it or do you love it now? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, well, you guys might not even know uh, there was this cartoon called Popeye the Sailor Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And my mother used that cartoon against me, uh, <laughs> thinking that I was I was just a little bitty guy. And uh, so spinach, spinach by far. Okay. And so, no, I don't. You still don't like it. <laughs> it- I will. Uh, I'll eat my greens, uh, but I really don't like spinach. Oh, wow. No. I'm I felt a- manipulated. Interesting. There you go. I made a Popeye reference this week in the sermon. Woohoo! Yeah, come on! It's like no, everyone stared at me. They're like, "What?" You know what's interesting is usually it's we're, we're you know checking ageism stuff against Brenton, and now he's actually on and understands it. So this is a this is a whole new day. I don't even know what to do here. <laughs> uh, I do have a clarification question though. So is that cooked spinach or is it like you know you have spinach and lettuce in your salad? Uh, it's no. cooked. Yeah, okay. no, they mom would boil it. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, boil it down and put as much salt on it as I could to just choke it down. So, so I ate it because I had to, but no, I okay. don't. I don't like it now. So if, if but if it's in the if, like the fancier salads, you're you're just yeah, you're oh, yeah, okay. some of the salads, absolutely, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. a gateway. What's funny though, I will eat some collard greens by choice. Oh, interesting. Which is, like almost a worse choice than uh-huh. spinach. Yeah, I, I personally so don't just... love them, so I, I'm with you there. Okay, yeah. well this uh, this salad sidebar brought to you by um, salad. So <laughs> if you had to delete, we were talking a little bit about this before. <laughs> I, I, I broke Brenton already. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. If you had to delete all but five apps from your smartphone, mm. which ones do you keep? Wow. I know. Um, I know. Right, uh, far too many. I, I, if I don't consult my grandchildren on the apps that they use on my phone, oh yeah, right. Uh, I would probably keep LinkedIn Learning. Okay. Um, I really like that because it's got so much uh, resource, and I like to walk and exercise. When I do, I'll often listen to to something de- okay. de- developmental. Um, my Kindle app because I'll read books and read resources there. Um, very importantly, my Yahoo Sports app. Oh, I, I'm nice. totally uh-huh. keeping that uh-huh. football fan, uh-huh. Uh-huh. big time football fan. Fantasy, here. fantasy football too. No, oh. no. Oh, not that. Uh, okay, got it. That's fine. Not, not that. Yeah, I haven't converted to that yet. Okay, all right. Um, but careful. also the fitness app. I use the fitness app a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. And then that's getting hard because I'm down to one. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And you haven't even said the Bible yet, so. You know, I'm probably not silently <laughs> judging you. I'm probably not going to say the Bible app because I don't use the. I very seldom use okay. the Bible app. All right, that's fine. Um, that's fine. Yeah, I I'm tactical. I, I like. Uh-huh. Uh, I really like to hold a book. I call that like, the analog that version. So right, yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's there. Uh, I'd probably go with Instagram, probably. Oh, uh, because sometime between my coaching sessions and stuff that I'm doing. 
I'll just look up something funny and, you know, just have several hits of things funny and it gets me laughing and kind of keeps me okay good in between my uh, coaching sessions. So yeah, that's probably the vibe. Got to lighten the load there. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I think you've got a nice wide variety there of, of ones to keep on your phone. Um, so in fact, I would almost give you a bonus because fitness, doesn't that come baked into that? Cause I, I use it with the watch and everything. So you almost could have oh, yeah. like a, like an additional if you needed to, um, but yeah. I won't put you on the spot. Yeah. But that, that's cool. Good job. Cool. Good job. Good job. All right. Would you rather meet? Um, oh, excuse me. Would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or to the future to meet your descendants? Ooh. I know. Well, I know. We're getting heavy real quick. Right. Uh, well, today, and this is it's a happy occasion, so don't hear this as a sad thing. But one year ago today, my father passed away. Okay. Uh, and so I was just texting with my family before I got on this. It's just blown me away about how fast. Um, but having known them and then seeing my grandkids, I think I would go forward. Okay. I would go forward to see my descendants and get to know them. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I got to meet my great grandparents and so many people all the way up to this point. I would love to go forward. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's a great question, by the way. Oh. That's it, the things that make you go. Hmm. I know, I know. <laughs> and think for a little bit. That is good. Well, no, I, I think I would, would, would probably want to do the same, um, to be honest with you, especially, and my kids are still in the house. We're still, we're entering into the teenage years, prayers appreciated. And, um, but what we often talk about, you know, what, I wonder what they're going to be like or what they're going to become and that kind of thing. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you saw that future and you go, oh, I'm not sure I like that, then you come back and you're like, I need to shift some stuff. It's like my a back. This is a back to the future. It is. Kind of yeah, a thing. yeah. Yeah. I get yep. it. Yep. That's exactly it. what I thought of as soon as you asked the question. <laughs> All right. So, timestamp this next question a little bit. We are, we're recording this in December, but we're heading into the new year. And by the time this comes out, uh, it'll be January. And so, what is your biggest goal or goals heading into this new year? Uh, you know, about uh, this would get into too much conversation, so I won't give you the whole backstory unless you have questions. But uh, I decided to get healthy. Okay. Uh, I decided to, I've, I've been healthy a couple times in my life. I lived healthy, um, but it didn't last. Uh, so, you know, all transitions and all challenges and, um, I don't know. Sometimes there's so much comfort in food, uh-huh. <laughs> not, not uh-huh. spinach, not spinach. But, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, maybe, foods, maybe more right? spinach uh, needed. All the sweets, uh, total, I'm from the South. So all the sweets matter. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, looking at next year, I've, I've probably had almost four, almost four and a half months of living very healthy. Uh, and I can't even describe how much better I feel, how clear I'm thinking all, all the stuff that we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this gets into some of the geeky stuff that I studied uh, in my, you know, graduate studies about how the mind works and what works for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but people can know the information, but they don't live it out. Right. Yeah. So I've I've been doing it, and I've been very conscious, uh, very aware of how often people start slipping back. And I'll just say this much: I lost uh, like fifty-five pounds wow. like five years ago. Okay. Okay. And I'm not a big guy. And so I had just, I had just not taken care of myself and I got to 55 pounds and I had this goal to get fit. What I didn't know was that has an end on it. 
To get fit doesn't mean you're going to stay fit. Yeah. Right. That's good. I, you know, let me back up. For me, to get fit didn't mean that I was going to get uh, stay fit. Um, and so being able to look back at that and then end up getting about 40, 40 of that 55 pounds back, now I've lost that again. But it's not about the weight to me. Really, it is about living healthy. And I'm a baby boomer, so I did an acronym on live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Nice. Um, I want to love deeply, innovate consistently, right? Um, value movement. I don't like the word exercise. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then eat healthy. Yeah. Um, and it started really coming from a conviction of if God really did make our bodies, if he really did, and God is smart. Turns out he's really smart. Yeah. Um, That's good then how can I align that? And we'll talk, I'm sure, more later in some of the leadership stuff, but being a steward leader, mm-hmm. how can I really steward the me that he's given me to be? So next year, I, I want to I continue to live healthy because I am right now, and it's, it's going really well. And then like on a business side, I, I'm doing really well. I'm grateful for the business I have. I'm going to increase my, I'd like to increase my coaching business for about, about 20% more. Okay. Um, but the biggest thing is to live healthy. Yeah. Especially at this age and stage of life. He's okay. So listener, he's, he's, he's grabbing his, his beard, which is yes. full of wisdom yes. as they say. And so, yeah, that's, my very gray beard. That's okay. <laughs> it's All right. You said it. That's fine. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, that's... I'll give you the out. <laughs> I appreciate that. Although you probably can see it in mine as well. So um, I do. It's getting there. It's getting there. Not this quite as much as... wisdom. This is about as good as I can go. So, come on, Which, yeah. Non, non-existent. All right, so um, that's good. So, when does the book, the acronym Live? When does that come out? When is is that? Are you working on that? Um, it's good. I'm working on a couple other books, but not that one. No, so. that's all right. Well, I've gone ahead and written it down, and um, well, my publisher will be reaching out to you for some. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So wrapping this up and then we'll kind of segue into some of what you were talking about. What, what are you finding exciting? Maybe in addition to what you just said, or, or maybe it's more of that, but what do you find exciting? That's really motivating you moving forward. Uh, well, uh, Tammy and I were asked to, it was Tammy was asked to take some leaders to London, um, some four square people. And so, they uh, said, go with her. And I said, okay, because London is my favorite city in the world. Okay. I, I just love London. I love the accent uh, and how mm-hmm. smart the city is. It's just kind of fun. But we went over to an alpha thing. And it was one of those things that you're doing your thing. You know, we're, we're taking these people, wonderful conversations, you know, meals together. So fun. But we were in the church settings and it was so not complicated what they did. It wasn't hard. It wasn't flashy. It was just very sincere. And so, I mean, there's a good number of people, all that kind of stuff, but the Holy Spirit is just so present. Um, And I really felt strongly like the Lord said, love your family. Hmm. Right? Love your family. Yeah. And being on, you know, in the 60s, I'm 64 and being in the 60s, I have I have a little bit to look back on and seeing how much of a priority that ministry uh, had been in my life. And um, 
when you get older you, and you do look back, it's kind of like being upon climbing a mountain in a way. You can look back and you can see how a lot of things came together. That when you're in it, you can't see how it's coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you can't see it. So you don't know what you don't know until later. And what I didn't know was how much I've always been kind of like I would describe myself as a visionary. But that took me out of being present. Oh, interesting. That's okay. what I didn't know. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. And we're in London and it was just so simple and so clear. Just love your family. Uh, so honestly, I'm really excited to live one day at a time mm -hmm. and be in the moments uh, with Tammy, uh, with my grand, my kids, my grandkids, uh, and the people that would be in my life. Uh, but a lot of it right now is just my family and not be so future focused. It takes me out of today. Good. Yeah. That, well, especially... It's it's really interesting, I think, especially when you head into the into a new year, a new season. You know, that's oftentimes what we're looking is all right, what's ahead and beyond. And for yeah. you, it's it's almost it sounds like it's almost would seem counter to what. Yep. The, Absolutely. The advice. So, it may, I promise we're going to move on to this other stuff here. But I think this is really really <laughs> interesting. I mean, because um, I don't think. Honestly, I, I've heard that even recently of when it comes to especially goal setting and having vision and that kind of a thing. And we're very much, um, you think of leadership um, trainings or, you know, whatever, uh, coaching, it's it's all vision forward focusing. Um, maybe unpack a little bit what that looks like of being able yeah. to do both, right? Or, or is that even yeah. possible? You know, again, um, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um because so many of the things uh, that happened as far as vision goes, uh, somehow I took that on, I think, too heavy that I had a responsibility as the lead pastor, you know, to come up with vision and, and cast all this kind of stuff. I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that uh, so much now. I would totally do this more collaborative um, and did more uh, in my last pastorate that we really seek God together mm. because you have all the components of leadership in a church, you know, there's, there's the leader and then there's leadership, uh -huh. right? I mean, you got a person that might be an initiator, but then you have a lot of people involved that creates the movement of what we believe collectively God is doing and believing in God's church and his people and his empowerment to all of us. Uh, so what I, I would say is this, is that looking back, I realized a lot, a lot of things I came up with, got changed to what God intended anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I'm not talking about being blind or silly. I'm just saying for me, Gary, being more present today, trusting that God is going to lead us forward. So I would do a collaborative about where are the goals? What do we believe God is saying to us for this next year? Uh, get that out. But I would not carry as much responsibility in that and trust God is leading us in order for me to be more present with the people that he's given me. Wow. That's great. That's, that's a great way of saying that. I mean, cause I, I don't know if I've ever viewed it that way. I mean, I, I do feel like I view myself, um, at least I hope they would agree my team, um, that it's, it's collaborative in nature. Um, however, I did notice even as we've been planning for the new year, um, and specifically, 
we like to do we call it a, a series a message series playbook of where we're going it helps us mm. structure everything else around the year excellent around oh the, yeah around excellent. the theme that kind of thing but I got a, a, a weight. And usually I love doing it. And some of it maybe just where I'm at, but also too, I, I had this thought specifically when we were getting towards the latter months of next year of this is more of a chore. And one of the things that I felt in that moment of uh, revelation from the Lord, honestly, of I'm not supposed to plan this one. This is supposed to be somebody else on our team that does it. And what awesome. would it look like to do that more? Like what you're talking about, of uh, that that's more of the present like you're talking about there. I just, that's a great way of saying that. I don't think I ever really thought of it that way. So thank you. Well, check this out. Check this out. Um, let me geek out for just a second. Please I do. chose to use the word collaborative because of how most people understand it. But uh, taking just a moment to kind of double click on that and expand it. Yeah. Um, I really like the, I, I prefer the word co-creative. Ooh, okay. And co-creativity doesn't have answers. It doesn't bring answers to a table. What you have to do, you have to find the question we all want an answer to. Oh, okay. And it can be as simple as, what is God saying to us about 2024? Mm -hmm. Right? The word collaborative, um, to collaborate, originated during war times, early world were one times when one of us on our team would go to our enemy and collaborate against us. Oh, wow. I know that kind of throws a wrench in, right? Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Right? Okay. So collaboration is I have special information that I'm going to share. In that case, they shared it with the enemy. So let's take it out of that context, bring it back into the church. Is collaboration is people that have special information. Co-creation, they don't have special information. They have a question. And the conversation allows anything to be said because we're seeking, what is God saying to us? What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you hearing? And the more empowered people are to really speak up, that's when then you start hearing the theme of God from us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a co-creation approach rather than a special knowledge approach. I need a moment because that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's <laughs> the processing yeah, yes. wheels are going. Right. Here we go. <laughs> like, no, no, this is, this is really good. Like I almost didn't want to go to what we have next. Like just, just pull it out somewhere. Um, that's, uh, that's really, really great. And especially when you think about the, um, you know, I just say etymology maybe, but where collaborate, you know, the, the word collaboration comes from and that kind of thing. Um, and how, you know, the podcast is ministry without hating it and how that can be a portion of what it feels like is the people who we were with all of a sudden turned on us or, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, there's all kinds of different little triggers that that pops up oh, yeah. even for me. <laughs> um, but that the shifting to the co-creative man, that's, that's great. I think that's great. Yeah, just invest the time in finding out what question do we collectively want to get an answer to. Yeah. When you know your question, you start seeing the answer. Yeah. Wow. So podcast over, everyone. We had other questions, but Gary just gave us something that blew us up. So let's... uh... Prayer meeting. Just, All right, prayer meeting. Prayer meeting. <laughs> Let, yeah. Let's let's just uh, now join me in prayer. Uh, posture yourselves anyway. Brenton, you were going to say something. Well, I was just thinking through it. Like, you know, we're, if we could just 
implement one thing that we learn each day or one thing that we take away from what we're talking about, it, it makes it a lot easier when we just stop early. Just give me one thing and then I can do the one thing. Give me a list and it's, it gets pretty hard. Yeah. Well, you know, when God speaks to you and God's working in you, and then when you start telling other people, I get, I am now concerned about how other people hear yeah. what I say mm-hmm. or how I say what I say for sure. from what God is saying to me. Mm-hmm. And Brenton, your point uh, of just looking at the Lord's prayer, the daily bread, mm-hmm. right? Living daily. I mean, it, it's, that's, that's what I heard. That's what God's speaking to me. And it has deeply, deeply affected me to live one day at a time. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. And, uh, but, and then being the person that lived into the future, actually like a practical example, I'm enjoying the holidays this year. Maybe the first time in a super long time, maybe ever. Yeah. Because I was always in the next year. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I didn't enjoy the holidays yes. and could be a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the word prude, uh-huh. but I could, to my family, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't like the holidays. I almost like a prude. It's just like, get it over with. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this year, what I'm noticing, that's some of the coaching stuff is just, I'm noticing uh, how much I'm just enjoying the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know that I ever, I'm this old <laughs> and I don't know that I ever have like this. And so it really is rooted in this trust that God does have my days and we will figure this out. And we do need to come up with a, a, a theme or something so we can start connecting everything in all of our doing, right? That's so incredible. Yeah. But the word how, how we approach that, that's what's definitely changed for me it's it's funny it, it it reminds me i remember this is this has been some time um in a different ministry setting for me but um i remember i felt like i had all this vision and i wasn't even the guy in charge uh technically within the you know, the church that we were leading i was like an executive role at the time um and i remember just like go 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 and i remember um very clearly in one of our services god saying to me i did not give you the vision of the future uh, to forsake the ministry of the present and, and to be there. Beautiful. Thank you. And that's, I'll, that's, I'll quote you. Oh, well, yeah. there we go. Wonderful. There's hair standing up on the, on my, on my arm right there, Brenton. That's what you know. Gary's going to quote me. Um, but that's, that's what that sounds when I, when I hear you talking about that. And I even think now, um, gosh, I want to say majority of any anxiety or stress that I'm feeling in this moment um, is for things that are, you know, yeah. into next year, sure. months from now, right. that kind of a thing. Um, I also need to point out, uh, this this is a record. We have not even left the kickoff questionnaire technically uh, yet. <laughs> and and we're, I almost don't, don't want to leave. Um, and it, go ahead. What are you going to say, Brendan? The irony of that is, is we were talking about getting rid of kickoff questions at the very beginning of this <laughs> before you jumped well, on. So <laughs> not necessarily get rid of it's maybe right, reimagined, right. but this, this yeah. has been, this has been good. Um, yeah. We'll pivot just a little bit if, if that's okay. Um, but kind of saying the same thing, you said something and I'll, we'll get to the, the main question we usually ask when it comes to ministry and that type of a thing. But I really would, before it gets too far away from this conversation. I would love for you to unpack. You said the word steward leader. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think that actually, especially when we start talking about ministry and, and you know, success and, and all that type of thing, 
especially looking ahead. Uh, what does that pull it out for us? What does that mean? Sure. Uh, again, uh, you know, I mean, when you read the Bible, uh, I actually quit calling it reading the Bible. I started calling it listening to, to God. <laughs> you know, I really yeah. did. It's just words matter to me. Yeah. Uh, yes. And good. so what I realized, I was reading the Bible through every year, reading the Bible through every year. And uh, I was doing the soap journal, you know, scripture, observation, application, prayer. Mm -hmm. Woo! Yeah. Right. And I it. do like that process. Right. But getting through the Bible every year and what I started realizing, I wasn't listening. I was, it was a task for me. I'm talking about the way that I think it was a task to get accomplished so that in the right settings, I could say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm current. I've, I've, I've journaled every day or I'm, you know, whatever. I didn't know that that's what I was doing um, until I did. <laughs> and then and I'm going, wait a minute. And I started seeing stuff I'm, I'm reading, I think is Deuteronomy and about a servant um, because, you know, people would lose, they would lose their land, they would lose their business and become a slave. Uh, but then the year of Jubilee, they would be set free. Mm -hmm. And this guy said uh, he chose to stay instead of go free. And he put his ear up to the side of the doorpost. And they put an awl there and they hammer and put a earring in. And what that meant was I had the choice to be free, but I, I chose to stay, to stay. And the words were, I will love my master. I will love my family. So I have a choice. I have a will. Yeah. Right. Huh. Mm -hmm. But what I choose and what I came to on the steward leader thing was everything I have has been given to me. I really haven't originated much. Yeah. Uh -huh. If anything. Yeah. Right. Everything comes from God. Mm -hmm. Everything comes from others. And I realize I'm really just a steward of everything that's been given to me. Now, what will I do? What will I do? Well, uh, to be a steward leader, I will use the resources God's given me for the good of others. Okay. I will commit and love my family. So all the, and by the way, the word leadership cracks me up because when I did the master, the Maslow LPU, mm -hmm. at that time, there were 234 formal, formal de uh, definitions of leader. Oh, that's so when we say leader, what are we talking about? Right. <laughs> and I think the reason we don't define leader is so that we can keep talking about it. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. And what I don't like about that is what it does to people is it makes them very subjective, right? And you, you really are under something because you can't know. Mm. Well, that's there's nothing good about that. Yeah. Um, so you're coming to the idea of steward leader is God has placed me at this time. He's given me, the way I'm looking at it is God's given me this life with Tammy that 44 years later, we've built a life. Um, and so last year we bought a porch swing because what we talked about in our, early 20s was growing old and I'll try not to cry here mm. uh, growing old and sitting on a porch in a swing oh, talking about all that God has done yeah right good. now I'm not ready to die so don't hear that so okay. I don't it's it's, good. it's good, not good, good. that good right it, it's it's not that it's no it's like who, where does the credit go where's the understanding and I can't even describe the pressure it takes off mm -hmm. to realize or to think that all that you've had is you've been given. Now, what are you doing with what God's given you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How can I be a good steward of who and what he's given me? 
Yeah. Uh, so that's that's just a little bit on the idea of steward leader. I, I love that. I actually, back in, we, did, we just did a gratitude series um, and quoted uh, Paul saying, what what do you have that you were not given? You know, and actually asked our, our, our church family, what do you have that you actually, that was not given to you? Right. You know, um, and the answer is nothing, you know? And, think, and so right. that's, that is great perspective. Um, and I love that. And um, I love the porch swing thing and just, we were going to do it and now we're doing it. And that's beautiful. I love it. I love it. It's cool. It's a good life. That's good. So within that, maybe shift just a little bit. And I'm curious, this almost might be a, a dual layer question for you. Um, you know, being in the season of life you're in now versus maybe what it was previous. But when we say the word ministry, then what does that mean to you? Yeah. Servant. It, it totally means the word servant to me. Yeah. Um, always has. That's under. That's the Greek understanding that I had. Um, and um, you know, even when I was, you know, I, all the language in the church. But when I was the lead pastor, like here's an example: um, whoever's going to be greatest among you. And I didn't mean like greatest, like I'm better than. Mm-hmm. But who's going to have the, who's going to have the greatest weight of responsibility? Um, I always use that idea of servant. Uh, so I'm the lead servant. So I'm the first servant. So I always parked in the the furthest parking spot away from the office. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so fun because we had these interns. Uh, we had about 11 interns at Lighthouse Church there in Newberry Park, uh, California. And I kept parking. And one of the guys came up and he said, why don't you park up here where they're designating you? I said, we, we let other people who need that. Mm-hmm. have that spot. And I told him, I said, well, who, I said, I'm the pastor, right? And they said, yeah. I said, well, whoever's going to be greatest, be the servant of all. The next day, uh, he beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to park. I, I had to, I got to park beside him, but he caught something that we're the first to die, right? We're, yeah. we're the first to give. We're uh, the first so leader, yeah. leadership to me yeah. is initiating. Yeah. So we're the first to initiate movement toward God. We're the first to move towards sacrifice. We're the first. So to me, it's all in the, you know, cast in servanthood as a steward of what God has given. So if he's given me in this place of influence, in this role of responsibility, then I want to be the first example of what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's well, and it's it's speaking to me even because I often times in any kind of interpersonal or any kind of tough anything or you know um, when it comes to reconciliation, very very frequently I hear the Lord saying, "You know, you're going to have to be the one to to start that, right, right, mm-hmm. right, um, to to lay down in, in that." Correct. Um, as recent as this morning, I'm not going to lie to you. Like in prayer <laughs> time, like you know, you're going to have to be the one to yeah. lay that down. Yes. Yes, I do. I do now. Again, that's good. So how has, you talked a little bit about this, maybe how has your own journey within ministry or even life journey shaped or continue to shape that definition? You talked some with, but I mean, is there more when you look back, like, like you even mentioned before, I have some, some hindsight now of how that has evolved over time or maybe even grown and become more full. Uh, 
one of the fun things about getting older uh, is, you know, just a deeper understanding, uh, self-awareness. One of the things I talk about in coaching a lot, uh, it's good for this context as well, is self-awareness mm-hmm. leads to self-management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So if you really don't understand yourself, the God, the you that God has created, if you don't understand the gifts and the abilities and the personality and all that God has given, you you can do, there's you can get out of bounds, you know, really do things that uh, you're not resourced to do, yeah. <clears throat> right? You're trying to do things that's not been given to you. That would be a way I would describe a lot of my early ministry focus is this passion and love for God. I was just a Sunday school boy, a uh, very simple love for God. Uh, but uh, to go to the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram four with a strong five wing. Uh-huh. But I see where I live the three out quite a bit. In other words, I would become, and for me, it was the dark side of the three, that I would become what other people thought was good or popular or needed. Mm. Yeah. That would describe a lot, probably 20, 25 years. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. That is, is to, you see something and your intent, the intent of your heart is good. You're, you have love for God. You see this possibility. So you do the things that you think will get you to be seen as that, right? Yeah. But I would, I would, I just love to slow people down and say, okay, if you see that, but let's look at how God's resourced you yeah. to be mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this the best stewardship of your leadership? Because mm-hmm. I believe everybody's a leader. I really do. I yeah. believe everybody has a leader, but we've got to, as Ephesians says so well, Every part contributes to the whole. What part do you have to play? Right. Uh, <clears throat> instead of getting this hierarchical approach and this elevator looking at uh, leadership, I turn the I turn that thing upside the pyramid upside down. Yeah. Right. And where the leaders are down here, the initial leaders, but then it just kind of just keeps going up. Uh, but I mean, but. Playing that role and, and not knowing that's what I was doing, I had no clue, you know, but now yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, I, I started to say stay in your lane, but I don't know. It's not like just a lane. It's just trust that who he's made you to be is enough. Trust that. Uh-huh. Trust that. So know that. Know yourself so you can manage yourself and be a steward leader. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, and to tie back to what you said earlier, you know, co-creative versus collaborative, you know, that's, Correct. I think that that sets it perfectly because there is no hierarchy within that, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, I love that. That's Yeah, there's a lot of hierarchy in collaboration. Uh, I mean, because that, you know, people that have special knowledge gets to speak. Right, right. So, and that's. That obliterates it pretty much. It's, <laughs> right. It's, there is no pyramid even. It's <laughs> it's, it's a level playing. That, that's great. That's great. So you, you've talked a bit about uh, the coaching, and uh, we have mm-hmm. even on this, uh, you know, if anybody is a regular listener, they, they know that we've, we've, we've talked to other coaches. I, you know, you and I have some of the same coaching background a little bit as well. Um, but for those maybe who aren't aware, you are, um, you're an executive coach. And yeah. so will you just pull out what that actually looks like and what, for those yeah. maybe who aren't aware or even how that looks for you, 
these days. Sure. And, and how you would even see that as ministry. Yeah. Oh, I totally do. Um, I get, I'm, I'm a pastor. Um, so yeah. I get to do it, but the context is different. I'll share that yeah. later, but you know, an executive yeah. coach, all that really means. I mean, you have all kinds of different, uh, you typically put, you know, descriptive term in front of the word coach that gets you hireable. Um, and let me, let me just say this to you that years ago I started seeing, um, and this was again, through my eyes in the way that I think I started seeing, I don't want to be one of those people that hangs on to a pulpit for money. I'm way too much of a hippie. <laughs> I, I can't do ministry for money. I, I just don't think that way. Um, and I just, so I started asking myself in my forties, you know, it's like, Hey, when, when this run seems to be done as I steward my life, uh, what do I want to give myself to? And I stumbled into coaching. I stumbled into it. Really? And we could talk about that another day. Yeah. But, um, what I started doing was I started understanding about, and I started talking to business people, <clears throat> uh, and I went through a coaching certification and I, in my coaching certification for evidence-based coaching at Fielding Graduate University in Santa Barbara. And I went there because it's beautiful in Santa Barbara and they had a great coaching. There you go. <laughs> they had an excellent coaching program, but I didn't know who was going to be there. I didn't have a clue, but the HR director for T-Mobile and AT&T were in my cohort and the HR directors were learning to be coaches as well. Oh, well. Wow. And so I went up to each of them individually and I said, Hey, I'm an independent guy. What is it going to take for me to be hireable to you? Right. And so they said, uh, you need to have a master's degree and at least uh, at least a PCC, which is professional certified coach, which means you have at least 500 coaching hours uh, with International Coaching Federation. So that's just a, a governing body to keep the ethic. They're the ethical group that helps people know what coaching is. Right. Right. So if you're a PCC, a master's, uh, we'll consider you. And that opened up something for me that I continued to pursue. And I ended up getting a PhD in human development because, but here's the why. I wanted to study God's creation of humans to know how to build them up. Again, as Ephesians talks about, build people up, not beat people up. How can I build them up yeah. <laughs> to where they know? they're built up, right? It's, it, it transfers into their knowledge. Um, I did that because when, as I began to check out all these organizations, there's organizations that they have millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to pour in the, to the development of their employees. And they want to hire people with at least a master's degree and like a PCC. So I wanted to become hireable to those people and not be dependent upon the church because I love the church. I've pastored and I want to see church go to ministry. I do believe in building up our people and having some intentionality about that. Uh, I really, really do. So I came up with this little business philosophy. If I can jump there real quick. Absolutely. That's 60%, like 60 percent of my time. I've given, I've positioned myself and I give myself to be hired by these organizations that they're going to spend a lot of money on investing in their employees and their people. They're going to pay, they pay really well. 
So I'm giving 60% of my time to those guys so that 40% of my time can go to nonprofit individuals or startups. And I don't care about the money. That's that pastor side, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they pay, they're going to pay somebody. <laughs> so I want to be one of those somebodies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it just, it just, anyway, for me, and now I didn't have a clue about how that would align with the first verse of scripture I ever remembered in my life, uh, quoting and is let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Right. The way I understand that scripture now is I really want to be proficient and really good at being a coach. I believe when people feel that connection and I resource and through our conversation, they get energized for their life. There's an often time they experience God, right? So let your light so shine that they may see your good works. So do well, do it really seriously, a really good job that gives people the opportunity to see God. And with that, uh, I mean, I'm finding so much fulfillment. If I would have known this, I probably would have done it 15 years before uh, because it's so fun. Yeah. And, go ahead. Oh, I was just, in, in all of this, um, who, who would you say is, who needs this type of coaching? Huh. You have something to give and you want to yeah. give this, this to the world. Uh, who does that? apply to um people with the growth the, the quick answer is people with a growth mindset in other words uh there's more to me than what i've known mm -hmm. yeah there's i have more to offer than what i've given mm -hmm. i believe god has created me for more because uh, i would say it this way and i heard this from dennis easter so i'll give him credit uh you know when you go through this phd stuff it's like you're you just have to give credit to right, like, right. cite your sources. It's, right, just, right. It's, right. it's just there, right? <laughs> but uh, counselors, counselors go back to heal. Mentors pour into you. Yeah. Spiritual directors, he didn't part, I'm adding to Dennis's on this one, but spiritual directors engage you to perceive where God is in this part of your journey, right? Mm -hmm. But coaches engage now to go forward. Counselors go back to heal. Coaches go forward. Mm -hmm. You haven't been in the future. Right. You haven't. You don't know what it's like. Mm -hmm. A lot of transforma uh, transformative learning that I studied in my uh, doctorate. Uh, I was just fascinated to see the anxiety about really thinking about going forward. <laughs> but I studied a year in neuroscience. And it's like, you know what? Your brain manages everything that you know. Mm -hmm. But when you go to know something new, the brain doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. Because the brain doesn't have the data to know what this new thing that you're wanting to do is going to turn out. And I can, as a coach, I can always tell when someone's really serious about moving forward with some aspect of their life, because they start getting nervous. They start going, I don't, yes, but, yes, but, yes, I want to do that, but, but it's yes, mm -hmm. but. Mm -hmm. I went, you know what? I, and so I tell him, I said, I can tell you're really serious and your brain knows that you really made up your mind. You're really going to go forward. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's not helping you. And um, so I teach them the little simple little thing of yes. And mm -hmm. 
your brain won't shut up about what it's afraid of. Your amygdala never forgets, mm -hmm. right? So you got to acknowledge it. It's like the screaming little kid that if you acknowledge it, it'll calm down sometimes. So yes, that's, I've never done this and it is scary. Yes, that's true. And I really believe this is where the Lord's leading me and I need to get myself equipped and resourced to be a good steward leader yeah. of where he's leading me, right? Yeah. So coaching has become this, in a way, a catalyst for other people. I get to experience other people's transformation. Yeah. Kind of addicted to it, actually. <laughs> it's fun when you start to see, like, just as pastoring a church for every time you see someone take another step forward, it's That's like right. my, right. I, I celebrate just as much as the person with them yeah. because you see life transformation happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's uh, right. That's right. The, so the, I would say the typical leader of our podcast or listener of our podcast, uh, does have a or we wants a, to have a growth mindset we have a typical listener well <laughs> i would well, hang on we're, hope so. we're supposed to celebrate the win so we need to yeah. celebrate that right now yeah. we have a typical listener yeah all right <laughs> Woo. all right all right go ahead go ahead i would say that they have a growth mindset one because they're listening to the podcast yes uh yes not to toot they're, our own horn or anything they're already but, very very no, awesome good yeah. Uh, how would how would someone move, or what would be for in your opinion? How would someone move to that next step of like, okay, reach out, get a coach, or get? How do they start that? Because again, it's comfortable sitting in one space yeah, and point. not yeah. doing the new thing. So what what would be the next step for someone that's, that's good. thinking about that? Great question. Uh, I, I have a bit of a bias that sure. I want to acknowledge before yeah. I say it, and that's get a coach that really has some type of a certification. Because I, I mean, I did it too. I did it in the church. You know, coach has become, or years ago, it became a buzzword. Everybody's a coach. Mm -hmm. that, that's an exaggeration. So many people became a coach. Well, and they coach you forward. Not, not to jump in, but I also think they, they think mentoring is coaching, and there's a very, very big it is difference. Not. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Well, keep going. and Brenton, bring me back to this if I don't go there, because let me just let me <laughs> give a segue. I actually just talked to my wife uh, recently. They're instituting a a coaching thing at a Portland Seminary where she's the executive dean and they're going to have a coaching piece to this. And I coach 40, I think 41, 42 students at UCLA uh, that are in MBA programs. And what UCLA understands, this is just a human thing. It's a human development thing yeah. that if I'm taking on new knowledge, uh, one of the worst things that can happen to you, one of the worst things is to be able to quote the knowledge that you've gained. Quoting knowledge doesn't mean you're living it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So th this is where coaching is more specific about development. And the way I would describe development to you, if a person's really going to grow and develop, first, they need to have an experience that's new to them. Mm -hmm. But here's where the coach can't do it for them. The teacher can't do it for them. The preacher can't do it for them. The second thing, ready? And that is insight. So when I'm coaching someone and they say they want to go forward, one of the really important things is to get the understanding. How is this, how's this new for you? How is this different than what you've done before? To get them to realize I haven't done this, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And when they, when, when insight, typically we say it pops for them. When they, when the insight happens, that's when they can see how 
they can take a step toward application, which is wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? It's knowledge, it's new knowledge that gets rightly applied to my life. The coach does not know. I really, I, I just, I hope people catch this. I hope I'm saying it to where people can catch this. Yeah. You can't know what they need. Yeah, right. That's right. And matter of fact, when you know what they need and you give it to them, it's not typically theirs. Right. They're okay. doing it for this guy. to, And it's so special for somebody to see me that way. Well, I want to unspecialize that a little bit. It's good. Uh, right. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. God made you to see. God has made you that way, right? So if I'm coming back to what Brenton said, it's for a person that when they realize, you know what, I, I really want to be different and do something different. I really do think they need to get some a coach that has some type of certification that can help them know they're not just, they're not just um, going to tell me a bunch of stuff. I don't, I don't want somebody else. I want somebody to ask me good questions. I want somebody to draw out of me, right? Mentors pour in, mm-hmm. coaches draw out. Right. Yep. Right. Uh, can I give you an? Ex- you guys mind if I give you an example? Or am go I talking it. too nope. much? Are we all right. Please, no, no, please you're, go. You're literally the guest on the the podcast. You cannot talk too <laughs> okay. much. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, this is one of those things that, like, it was one of my big surprises. I was still I was pastoring, but I was transitioning out. We were doing this succession strategy with uh, Kevin Lewis at Lighthouse. It's really cool how that was going. I finally got it right. My, my last one, I got it right. Um, but I, I had tripped into this work uh, with the Department of Homeland Security. A branch of Department of Homeland Security is called Immigration Program Office, IPO. And um, I'm working with this group of people and it's, you know, I'm risking, it's, is this going to work? And it's going well. And the chief of staff came to me and he said, could you would you talk to my wife? She's not part of this team, but I would love what you do. I think it would really be beneficial to my wife. And uh, sure. So we, you know, made the arrangements and I had an assessment that I did called the Berkman. And so she, she took the Berkman and we were doing the debrief, which is kind of a coaching experience about a person really about self-awareness to where they could really manage themselves better. Um, and she, ended up, I had no idea what was going on, but this is the beauty of being a pastor, listening to the Holy Spirit, but not making it about you. The coach isn't about the coach. The coach is about the client. Mm -hmm. I think the pastor needs to be about the people. Yeah. Right. So I I think this is really trans. Oh, 100%. Right. That's good. Um, But about 40 minutes in, it seemed like out of the blue, but when, when a person starts, when they start walking out of the fog, they'll see something and that's where they have questions. And about 40 minutes in, I mean, this came out of the blue. She said, do you believe in Jesus? I'm a pastor and a coach. I kept my coaching hat on trusting. And I'm telling you guys, this is where I've learned how the Holy spirit works in ways that we need to just completely be, be present and out of the way. Yeah. Right. Be with them but not lead or influence them. Let them and the Holy Spirit have this moment. And she said to me, what? She said, do you believe in Jesus? And so I kept my coaching hat on. I said, well, more importantly, what do you believe about Jesus? I miss him. What would you say to him if he was here right now? Wow. 
Bleh. Right? I mean, about yeah. two, three minutes, she just poured her heart out. Coaching. Keep the coaching head on. Uh, how? I said, what, what are you feeling? Right? What do you? What do you feel after she said, after she prayed? <laughs> what are you feeling? What are you experiencing right now? And she said, it reminds me of, and started talking about when she was walking closely with the Lord and doing her devotions and all this kind of stuff. What can you do tomorrow that will remind you of today? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's good. She didn't know I'd pastored for 38 years. She did not need to know that I pastored for 38 years. Because that wasn't about me. Yeah. Right. But I'm facilitating a moment, right? Uh, Tame and I, we created a consultancy called Incrementum, little by little, step by step. And what we talk about is facilitating growth. You don't cause it. You're just there and you try to be present, but out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> For people as they begin to take those steps. So to me, when a coach really understands if a person really wants to move forward, then they have to have somebody that walks alongside like a best friend. Uh, but you don't have the information they need to know. You believe they have all they need within them. And great questions at the right time can draw that out for them to have insight. And then the practical thing about what are, what are the next steps you can do it would start moving toward that direction. Yeah. Right. To where it becomes an application uh, for them and wisdom. So Gary, to, to jump in a little bit, I want to pull back on something else that you'd said in the, like in the kickoff, especially for you, especially it was like kind of a recent revelation. Um, I think you said something to the effect of, I, I tried to write this down. So help me out, but that you realize that a goal has an end and it was kind of a, a, a new thing. And then it, it like, well, wait, wait a second, you know, kind of a, how do we maintain or that type of thing? Could you, drawing on what you just said, um, especially as you're walking people through and then maybe even having that revelation moment of yeah. becoming, you know, insight into wisdom type of a thing, and then maybe seeing that end point, then, but then what? You know what I mean? And, and maybe drawing on what you had said earlier, how you took that to the next step right. as well. Yeah. Um, People, I have a bit of a bias to say uh, we don't talk about development and we put everything in the context of leadership, right? Even just leading yourself. Mm -hmm. I just I just think we need to double click on it. As I, I mentioned the double click earlier and it, it expands. I love that. I might start I was, using that to be honest with you. Right? So, no, thank go you. for it. I was walking through an airport, but this is what some people do. It's like I'm walking through an airport and there's this little kid, I don't know, man, three, four years old has this magazine and the kid has his fingers on the magazine and he's, and he's trying to like, he, he's thinking it's like an iPad, like, and he has his fingers on it, trying to expand the picture, you know? And I think that's in, in some ways, that's a lot of people. And, and I, I'm saying this out of love and concern. A lot of people, a lot of Christians, the way we do, quote unquote disciple people is we keep giving them more information. Dear God, we've given people, they, they don't need more information. Hmm. They need transformation. Yeah, yeah. I know that sounds cute, right? It's not just cute. No, they need to believe that God has made them capable of being different than what they've known. Yeah. And and oftentimes we haven't 
valued the human side of things. I'm when I'm in this neuroscience stuff, learning about how the brain works. I'm telling you, I said it earlier that God is smart. I mean, it's making God look brilliant. <laughs> what the neuroscientists are finding out, it, it's making. I mean, it's so cool to know this. So here's a geeky statement to answer what you're talking about, yeah. Chad. Your brain builds brilliant strategies for you in your subconscious to keep what is precious close and to keep what is dreaded away. Let's say it again, okay? Yeah. When something is really precious to you, your brain notes it and says, I'll help you protect that memory. When you're afraid of something, the brain says, I'll protect you. I won't let you go there. But when a person says, I want to move forward in my life and consider whatever it is for them, and they're going to really grow, they have that growth mindset, the brain's going, we don't know how that's going to turn out. Hmm. And it's remembering all this other stuff that's desired and dreaded. Ronald Heifetz out of Harvard wrote a lot about the adaptive uh, leadership, he calls it. And he talks about the desired image and the dreaded image. And those two things are competing inside of you. It's like two siblings that... And that's where the yes, but is, right? Yeah. I really want to do this, but, right? We got to get, the but is a trigger for the amygdala, right? That keeps us in fearville or keeps us in threat, keeps us emotional. And by the way, your IQ goes down a minimum of 15 points when you're functioning out of your amygdala. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> because it's about surviving. Yeah. It's about being okay uh, in the moment. It's not about growing. So it takes a lot of growth. It takes a lot of courage to be able to do this, right? Yeah. So I now I've gotten all distracted with this neural stuff. I want to make sure I answer what you said. What, uh, yeah. what were you asking me? I want to make sure I well, get Well, just, just the uh, kind of that self-realization of, like you said, I've come to what I, the goal, right? So I think you mm-hmm. used about how I lost a certain amount of weight and, you know, um, yeah, yeah. and then then you allow that to kind of slip back in type of a thing, right. but then moving on beyond that. Right. So that doesn't take place. Well, I the, give you another example of it. So I'm in Boston getting this, uh, cause what I just quoted to you is a process called immunity to change. Yes. Like I M M immunity to change. Yes, yes, yes. And I was introduced to that by, uh, Dan Stewart at LPU, by the way, it was really cool to read the book and, you know, I didn't realize you get exposed to these type of things. And I was just very, that's the way I think. And so I was very attracted to find out more. I ended up going and becoming a facilitator of the ITC process, as they call it. Um, in this gal, so they broke us off and there was 41 people in the room. And uh, they're leading us through this process that we're working on our own map, which is four columns. And the first thing you got to look at is what do you want? Because that's really what moves you forward in helping people what do you really want for your life? That's sometimes is two or three coaching sessions for people to narrow it down to one thing that they want to move forward in. Um, And I said, I wanted to get fit. And so the second thing you ask is, well, what are you doing instead of getting fit? Like what are the things that you're giving yourself that occupies space that you could use to get fit with, but you're not, what are you doing that gets in the way. And then also, what are you not doing that would help? So what are you doing, not doing? And I said, well, I won't give up my Southern diet. I won't quit <laughs> drinking Cokes. 
Uh, I don't drink water. I won't exercise. And I don't hang out with people who do. <laughs> right. And so without getting into too much detail, the third column is really an interesting. It's really fascinating. It's a process called reconsolidation. What you're doing is you're backing from your memory. You're backing into your amygdala to find out what your amygdala is protecting for you. Okay. It's not that you're going to find out you're this slug and this creep. It's there's this good reason to you that your brain is locked in on that is in your subconscious. And there's a way to find that out. What do you want? What are you doing? Not doing instead. Take one of those things and, and flip it. So I took, I won't give up my Southern diet. And so this gal with a New York accent said, uh, Gary, you know, <laughs> what if you didn't? What if you didn't? You know, and it, it was awesome. It was just, I get distracted with accents like London and all this stuff. Yeah, I love yeah. it, right? That's awesome. Yeah. But I, you guys, I had a thought. A thought, came to, a thought came from my amygdala that I had never consciously perceived. If I didn't eat my Southern diet, I wouldn't be honoring my mother. Huh. And I'm like. I mean, I just, I literally just sat back. I went, what? <laughs> because it came to my consciousness. Wow. What I didn't know, she had passed away four years before. Uh, Alzheimer's for 14 years. The slow goodbye, right? Yeah. Super close to my mom. Super close to my mom. What I didn't realize is when I ate German chocolate cake, because she always had double icing, what I didn't realize is typically in the afternoon is when we would go get a baby Ruth or a snicker and a Coke. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Southern diet was, I would ask for more cake and she'd say, no, you got to get healthy. And then she'd get, bring me another piece with a lot of icing on it, come around from behind me, put it down and kiss me on the cheek. See, that's for my boy. Yeah. Yeah. Precious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What I didn't know was my brain had made the decision that I'm going to protect that memory for you, Gary. When I realized that's what was going on, it was two plus two equals four. I don't have to eat bad and die early to honor my mom. <laughs> right? Mm. I don't that's I don't have to do that. I can honor my mother in different ways. And by the way, I'm choose I have chosen to tell this part of the story as a way of honoring my mom for loving me and caring for me. Yeah. As, in the way that she knew how, she was providing for me, and I don't discredit anything about the the food, although that's why I was addicted to sweets sure. forever, right? Yeah, yeah. But I I've, I've chosen to live differently. And what I didn't realize is to choose to live differently it felt like I was saying something negative about my mother or my family. And that is not the case. But until that's conscious, you don't have a way of processing that. Right. Yeah. So all that, that became so catalytic for me. So it was really easy for me to eat good went to nutritionist, blah, 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 lost the weight. And when I got fit, what I didn't recognize is my mind said, great job. Mission accomplished. So that body of work for like that year and a half, whatever it was, now has become great data for me to look back at. Went, oh, no, the goal we set is really important. That was like a first phase. 
because I got back into eating. And what's hilarious is I ended up moving back to Arkansas, uh, Northwest Arkansas, and this is where all the sweets happened, right? Mm -hmm. It's back in the South. And I mean, you know, for the people that are waiters and waitresses from the South, you get called sweetie and hun more than you ever want to. Uh, it's, 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 it's hilarious, right? Oh, sweetie, you want sweet tea with that? Oh, we have the best sweet tea. <laughs> Brings back all the memories, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Until you have the conscious way of understanding what your patterns are. I'd say it this way in coaching, you can't change a pattern you can't see. You've got to be able to pull up and see the pattern. So the investigation of, you know, what do you normally do? And seeing that pattern, when you see the pattern, that's when you can interrupt it. And you can experiment on what the interruption looks like. You do it several different ways to find out what works for you. And then I call it pattern uh, recognition, pattern interruption, and then pattern redirection. Now let's redirect that thing. So all that to say, when I, when I look back and I saw what that goal was, had such a limit, now I realize, well, what, what is my goal? What do I really want? And it was, it was for me, it was really honestly to live healthy, yeah. uh, to honor God with how I'm treating this body that he's given me as a steward leader, you know, to love my family and be healthy. Um, and by the way, I think what triggered this one was, you know, the annual physical. <laughs> uh -huh. yes. And the doctor said, OK, your cholesterol is 0.4 place. Uh, you're at 0.4 away from us putting you on medication, let's have the conversation about what kind of medication do you want to start with? And I, I, I honestly, it didn't scare me. I got curious. I thought, well, I know I'm, I'm eating all these sweets. I wonder if I don't, what will happen? That was the, the trigger for me to think, what do I really want, which is live healthy. And it was, it was pretty crazy guys. In six months, my cholesterol went way down. So in my case, it wasn't just aging. It was what I was eating that put me 0.4 away from talk, you know, getting medication. Now I'm in the middle of the pack, uh, like a long ways away from, from that need. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just, it's just verified to me. Uh, and I hope I'm not wearing you out with this, but the idea no, is this. Not at all. You, can know, you can read all the books. You can know everything you want to know. But until you have personal insight to be able to move toward wisdom for yourself, mm -hmm. knowledge is not going to do it for you. Yeah. You got to have a place, a space where you can look for what do you really want? I heard a coach say it this way. Here, here's coaching. What's in the way, right? I'm sorry. What do you want? What's in the way? What will you do? Yeah, yep. that's good. Yep. That's good. What do you want? What's in the way? What do you want? Um, what are we going to do? Yeah. yeah. That's, thank you for helping unpack that. And, and especially even um, just allowing us some of your, your story and personal transparency um, that, that goes even further. So I want to say thank you for that. That's absolutely, that means a lot. Um, quick sidebar. Mm -hmm. How are you on time? I know we've gone over. I'm good. Make sure you're I'm good. good. Everybody yeah. else is good. We're good. Good. At I, some point, I'll I, just tell you, lunch might come through my door. Well, that's nice. But, wow. What yeah. are we having? Yeah. Uh, I think today is the Taco Bell $5 box and talking about being healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Here's right. a side story to that. Here, this we, might be this might be the pre-interview uh, intro right here. This is so, <laughs> so great, so good. Uh, so we uh, we left some food here at the church to be eaten today, and a mouse decided to visit, and so oh. now I'm Different taking kind of care of. Yeah, so my plan. Taking care of God's creation. I, I awesome. had yeah, I had a plan in mind. We set out everything and. Well, see, Brenton, today is our, our it's it's the first uh, Wednesday of the month, so you know what that means, senior luncheon. So, no, oh Woo! yeah, here, here, you here got we, yours. Here we go. This is uh, we're excited. It's one of my favorite. It's like times noodles. That's right. N- white on white noodles <clears throat> with gravy and. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, okay. I'm in Indiana, so uh, that's how yeah. every carry in is for us. I said, yeah, it's yes, you know, and it's gonna have corn here and. Yep. Um, and some type of meat, which we're doing the meat, but it doesn't matter. All right. I, I just have a couple other questions for um, yeah. some. I wanted to get to the kind of the the parallels of ministry versus the, you know, the, the different kind of context, if that's okay. And then we'll just kind of wrap it up after that. But Brenton, do you have anything else that you're wanting to? No, I'm just like finding the questions inside of, yeah, you know, really thinking about who's listening and, and how can we relate? Right back. Which, so I think we're which, doing a great job. Is, yeah. And Gary, this is fantastic. So rich. So cool. thank you. So thank yeah. you so much. Um, um, yeah. Okay. So, so as ministry leaders, um, there could be kind of this singular mindedness in context. And um, I want to read something actually off your website, which I hope is current. Right. I know sometimes we, yeah. yeah so like, um, but it said that, You've coached in nonprofit settings, corporate structures, government agencies, and faith-based communities, walking alongside people as they become authors. Authors. Of, go of ahead. Their story. Uh huh. Authors of their own story. Yeah, and you said change makers of their own experience. I mean, I, I yeah. love that. I love that. So, having said that, then I'm curious from your perspective, what are some of the parallels then that you would see leading with those um, within the different spheres, specifically? outside of ministry that maybe they don't always recognize, um, you know, so as far as ministry leaders in, but there's parallel <laughs> things that maybe we're not seeing that we really should be taking mind of and, and advantage of. Um, <laughs> the, the smile on the laps, uh, AJ, I might, this might be one of the first editable things. Oh, nice. Um, this, this might be editable or not you know, where you can edit it, right. Give you some work to do. Um, I think one of the more challenging things that the church has done that limits people's growth, if I'm understanding what you're asking. Yeah. Um, in the church, one of the things that limits people's growth is doctrine. Yeah. Keep going. It's, it's Double te- click, right? as they it's, say. Yeah. <laughs> right. Expand that magazine. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's uh, no, when we tell people what to believe <clears throat> and then they memorize what to believe. Instead of engaging in a conversation to where they discover what they believe at this time, mm-hmm. because it's a bit arrogant on our part for us to believe that we can capture what is, needs to be known about God <laughs> in however many statements. Yeah, yeah right. That's good. And we take them and, and honestly, it, it's a collision with spirit filled organizations to do this because um, God, there's more to God than we've known. And as you continue to walk, he reveals more. And it's not always new stuff. It's typically deeper stuff to us, more personal. So to tell people this is what you need to know when it comes to knowing about God 
and they're memorizing that, to me, they're distracted from the curiosity, certainty. Hmm. Let me go back to brain science for a second. Yeah, please. The, the prefrontal cortex is the most intelligent, uh, strategic, logical part of you. It's the most intelligent version. What fuels the prefrontal cortex is curiosity. Mm-hmm. And the spirit-filled life is the, what is the spirit saying? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So to memorize what God, you know, this stuff about God is certainty, which gets in the way of curiosity. Yeah. Right? I know that's debatable, but let's have it. <laughs> right? right. right. Let, let, let's have the debate. Let, let's get back in here. And let's, let's discover things about God. Let's not make it about us and our doctrine because doctrine is ending up dividing. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. I think it's because we don't know how to have conversations. We don't know how to discern together anymore. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I agree. The, and I'm saying, I'm saying that historically as the church, we need to be able to discern and talk and pray and, and have dialogue. Dialogue is when I listen to you, I listen to you until I can say back to you what you believe at this time. And you go, yes, you know me. Then it's my turn. You listen to me until you know where I'm at. That's dialogue. Mm-hmm. We have, at best, we have debates. And it's typically not much of a debate. We just tell from a pulpit, right? Yeah. And it's terrible. Uh, it, it stunts the growth of people. I, I'm. We're not editing any of that. I think that's... I think that's really good. Well, no, it's, uh, you know, not to unpack too much and name names or anything like that, but there, there was a situation even here, um, within the, I'll just say within the last year. Right. Um, and, and that was, it was a, it wanted to be a debate of this is very cut and dry. And the person that, you know, we were trying to interact with did not want, did not like the answer of, well, why can't I just pray and ask? Why can't I just ask the Holy Spirit? And it was like, no, this is it. That, that, yeah. End of, I mean, yeah. end of statement. That's it. No more. And it's like, well, at what point did I, I stop asking the Lord? I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't know the difference between right and wrong, but there's also things where I do still need to seek, you know, a higher power than, than that of my own. Right. And right. I, I think it's great. I think you nailed it. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, wow, we got to let people grow. Right. I mean, we're designed for it. We're designed for it. But it, we need to look at how are we helping people grow and develop, not just helping people learn more information. Hey, uh, Mutual Omaha did a study. And for, I forget how many people it was. It's been a while since I read this. But um, all these people were told by a doctor, you're going to die unless you change the way you eat. And after one year, uh, 92% of them had not followed through. Hmm. You're going to die if you don't change the way you eat. You're going to die. Yeah. That's it. That's information. Yeah. They took those people for the next year and they put them in a community and got them together with a chef once a week and they learned to cook together. And it wasn't about the cooking. Of course, they did the healthy stuff, right? But the point was together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they learned something together. At the end of one year, 97% of them were living differently. It's not about the information. That's good. Right, right. It's about community, which, right? So it's experience. Yeah. 
leads to insight. Oh, I can cook that. I, I, I'm learning to do that. Right. Now, when you do it, that's the wisdom. Yeah. So if we really think about developing people, we're not going to be standing up talking heads anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love it goes back to, we're talking about the steward leader, you know, what, what greater thing to steward than those that are under your care. And, and I think, and I think shepherd. God said something about that. Jesus said, you're yeah. the under shepherd. That's right? right. It's my sheep. It's his sheep. It's his church. Right. That's right. <laughs> right. right. That's good. So yeah. now we're all re evaluating how we do church and everything. So thank you. You broke. <laughs> You broke, you broke the podcast. Congratulations. Right. Hey, hey. It only took two seasons. Thank you. I appreciate it. So. Or fix it. Glad to be a help. No, it's it's good. It's it no, it's it's uh it, it actually reminds me, I had a little bit of revelation. Um, I think I mentioned this in another sermonizing podcast or something like that, but talked about for me, if you're coming from the approach of of and that's not to put everyone in a in a box, right? But there still can be a bit of a consumeristic mindset, especially when it comes to messages and that what's in it for me. Yeah. And so if you come at from the approach of uh, what is in it for me and what do I then need to do to get it, um, that that has transformed even how I I deliver a message and that type of thing. It's very, it's a lot less of this is, this is what the word says, this is what I know, that kind of a thing versus, yeah. um, Hey, what do you think, and what is God saying to you in this, and what is your response? Uh, that kind of a thing. Um, it sounds like Jesus, actually. Praise the Lord. We're doing it. We're doing it right. Praise the Lord. That's so good. Um, well, I as we are wrapping up, and then especially now, even kicking off and heading into a year, uh, which to be honest can be maybe have some uncertainty. Maybe is that a a fair way of saying that? Oh yeah, a, a sim- simple way of saying that. Um, I like to end things on a bit of more of a positive note and even with this and not just taking the information, but what are some of the things as you look ahead? Um, maybe it's from the church, maybe it's outside of it. Maybe it's all together. What are some things that um, are encouraging you or, or that you actually have a renewed hope and inspire inspired to see play out? Uh, great question. Thank you. Um, Recently, uh, the church we pastored in New Bear Park Lighthouse just celebrated uh, turning 40. And they asked me to do a video uh, for the birthday celebration. Awesome. And um, I was just looking and just praying and listening, right? And I, I came to and I was noticing how often that God talks about generation to generation. And what I noticed was, and I think what just gotten me it's so settled that God will do what God needs to do to reach this generation. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And what he does to reach this generation is different than what he did past to reach my generation. And it's different than what he did to reach my dad's generation. Same God, same intent to be in relationship with us. But the culture of our world, I do believe, affects the approach of God to communicate with us. So I think I am, it's kind of crazy, but I'm really excited to see uh, the move of God and what reaches this generation. Yeah. Like, I'm so curious. I I just, I'm I'm fascinated to see, because I know God's doing it. I know God will. I don't look to always people that are in 
with a load on them to do that. It's more like where are people engaging and if they're growing, right? Yeah. If they're changing, if they're experiencing transform, personal transformation, what what's that environment that's, you know, the place for that? And so that's, I think, what I'm most excited about in 2024, because 2023 was, I felt like I blinked four times and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Right? It just, for some reason this year, just really flew by. Yeah. I hope that's not what I mean getting older means, because <laughs> it's like, this was too quick. So I, that's coming too fast. I think it know? might I mean, a little bit, just, but that's that's okay. That's, I don't that's know. Right. Right? I, I know the year, older a, I get, you know. Yeah, it's, it's so quick. But now I'm just fascinated to see the environments that God is leading steward leaders into, that they steward those environments where the life of God is experienced among his people. Um, I'm really curious to see what those, what it looks like and what he's doing. Because I don't need God to do what we did to reach the generation. I don't need that validation. It's not about me, right? It's not about our day. No, it's about God. It's about his day in the day he's creating for the people today. That's good. I am curious with you. I'm curious with you. That's good. That's good. Gary, this has been, this has been incredible. Um, yeah. I, oh, I have written a lot of notes for me personally, and uh, hopefully listener has as well. I know Brenton has, cause that's, that's what he does when he's on these things. <laughs> and that's, and that's not a knock. That's actually, you know, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, I've got a good page of notes. So, so thank you. Well, thank you guys for the opportunity. It's fun to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, God's God is good. Amen. 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 Well, thank you. You're the best. We're so thankful for you and your leadership and how you continue oh. to pastor others um, and, uh, and and listen to what God is doing. And so thank you. Awesome. All right. Hey, bless you guys. Thank you. Hey, you too. Thank you. Man, Brenton, that was... That was that was big. That was awesome. That was awesome. What do you think? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, and every time he talked about brain science, I lit up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, this I, is something I enjoy. I could, I could see the talk of human anatomy just totally lighting your face. No, like, <laughs> like the, the nerdiness of it. Um, and I love how you just said, "Can I can I go nerdy for just a minute here?" Um, yeah. Because that actually what it does is help bring context to a lot of this, that it's, um, you know, a lot of times, especially as ministers, we like to remove the whole body from the soul and, mm-hmm. you know, that, that type of thing. And it's, it's so interconnected. Um, but what I love is that it's, you know, especially in my own coaching um, experience is that oftentimes, you know, when we ask the question, well, what do you need to do that? Well, I'll just do it. Well, if that's the case, right. you would have done it by now. Right. right. And right. so this gives kind of that, uh, that practical, the way he unpacked just coaching and then even next steps and just continue to ask questions and within ministry asking questions. I mean, that's stuff that, man, I don't care who's listening. You can take and run with right now where you're at. And so, so good. Yep. Yep. So good. So, listener, as you can see, we're we're trying new things, new season, new things. A little bit of a debrief with after the the message or the message. Listen to me, I'm already in, I'm already in church speak here. Like, can we take an offering here in just a few minutes, and we'll leave this in because it's fun. But uh, we hope we're we're just so excited. <laughs> we hope to still be doing this right now. Um, I'm really looking forward to this next season. We've got some. 
some things lined up that we're excited about, uh, been dreaming about, and um, implementing some even new episode types coming up here as well. Um, so once again, I want to say thank you to Gary Donahue for gifting us his time. If you'd like to connect further with Gary, we've made ways to do so available in this episode's show notes. And if you'd like to connect with us further, support the podcast or sign up for show updates, just go to withouthatingit.com to get started. And don't forget to subscribe to Ministry Without Hating It wherever it is that you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on future episode releases. Hey, thanks again for listening. Brenton, what do we say? We'll see you again next time. Next time. Not next week. Next time. Next time, which might be in a month. Might be in two weeks. I don't know. We'll see. Sounds good. We'll see you then.